Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twit Photo with Catherine Hall and Leo Laporte. Episode 16, recorded July 19th, 2011. Peter Eastway. Twit Photo is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account for six months, visit Squarespace.com and use the offer code TWITPHOTO7. It's time for Twit Photo, a show uh, in which we celebrate, I think, the great art, the fine art of photography with a fine art photographer, the wonderful Catherine Hall from Catherine Hall Studios. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Leo. Thanks. This, hi, everyone. This show really has become less about gear and more about the art, which I like. Yeah, it's transition. I think the goal is to inspire and definitely put little nuggets of information so guests can walk away, but not necessarily sit down and talk about gear every week. Well, and we get such great photographers yes. now that it's really just great to celebrate their, what their art is. But I think by looking at great photographers and, 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 and getting an insight into their technique and why they shot that shot that way and how they do it a little bit, you learn so much no matter what kind of photographer you are. This is true. Composition and the process is so important, even if you're using a, a, a camera a point phone. Shoot. Or even a camera phone. Yeah, that's Nowadays, true. yeah. That's true. So, Catherine, introduce us to our guest today, Peter Eastway. All right, today we have Peter Eastway, and I think one of the things that sets Peter apart from many of the other illustrious photographers we've had on thus far um, is his extreme passion not only for the art of photography, but also for education. And you see that through all the work he does and his outreach to the community. Um, but also he's an editor for three magazines wow. and part owner of those. And he's just really about inspiring and bringing great work into the world and helping others create beautiful work as well. Peter Eastway, welcome to Twit Photo. Well, well, thank you very much. That, that sounded wonderful. Who were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we should point out that Peter is uh, in Australia. Yes, and that means... very this, early in the morning. That means for all you Twit viewers, he got up at... He had to arrive in his studio at 5.45 a.m. for you. Thank you. Yes, and I arrived, arrived to find my computer crashed. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do it. I, I have a hard time at 8 a.m. Well, we're so glad you're here. It's so nice to have you, Thank Peter. You. How much coffee did you drink? Uh, I, I thought I'd better not have too much coffee because I'm wired enough, I think. Just, just being here talking with you guys has you know, got me amped up enough. Oh, very good, very good. Tell us the ba about the magazines. We have um, three magazines. I, I, I suppose I've been doing magazines for about 30 years. I know I'm only 27 years of age, but uh, <laughs> 30 years or so I've been doing them. And uh, I started up my own magazine. I, I just, I'm glad you should ask. I, I just happen to have one here, which is called Better Photography Magazine. And that's been going for about uh, 15 years or so. And then uh, this thing called digital photography came around, so we started up uh, another magazine, which was called Better Digital Camera. And uh, then, of course, the thing that I love and uh, you know, cherish, a little thing called Photoshop. So we've got Better Photoshop Techniques. So three magazines for the, uh, you know, as a, a paper product for the Australian market. And, of course, with the 
new things happening with iPads, etc. We're in a, a transition process to uh, make it available worldwide in an electronic format as well. It sure would be nice Thanks. for us to get it uh, up, yeah, up here uh, in the... Uh, well, their in website the, the is a great side. resource. Actually, I'm kind of familiar with, with your magazine. She's been reading it. Look at that. Can we, can we, can we go close? Yeah, let's to, see. To anyone that knows my work. Is that yours? Hello, is that mine. yours? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, is that so Burning Man? Where is that? It. It's from Burning Man. Wow. He's prettier to look at than me. No, I'm not sure, but he has <laughs> more interesting <laughs> body art. I'll tell you that. An amazing issue, that one. One of our best issues ever. Oh, that's oh yes. Well, that's clearly because I was on the cover, right? Well, and one thing I noticed, though, is that you, you, it sounds like the, the magazines are about becoming a better photographer in every respect. Indeed. Now, that's, I guess, a lot of um, education out there. You know, there's a lot of fantastic education. I guess what we try to do is break it down into a step-by-step -step approach. But there's two sides, and you sort of alluded to that to, uh, I think it might have been before we started or your introduction, but it's more than just the technique of picking up a camera and pressing a button. It's also what's, what's in here, what, what's yeah. in your brain that really makes a difference to you know, being a good photographer. So how, how do you feel people's backgrounds and what process in the brain creates a great photograph? Oh, geez, um, that's you on for the next spot. week's episode, isn't it? <laughs> you, you have 30 I, I seconds to answer that question. <laughs> there, there are three things that sort of go to the process, though, I think. Um, you need to have a bit of an understanding of art history or what you like. You don't have to go and read history, but you've got to, you've got to have a bit of an understanding about painting and photography and what's gone before. Then you've got to have a passion for something. I, I got into photography because I loved surfing. Couldn't understand why people would photograph anything other than surfing. And yeah, so that was my passion, that's where I started. And then from that, you develop a style and it becomes a bit of a, a circle going round and round. So a bit of research, working on your passion, developing a style, a bit more research, and just goes round and round. And that's, I think, you know, the part of the create process. And that's a really hard thing to explain to people who want to say, just tell me which aperture I set and that'll make things good because uh, unfortunately, it's a little bit more than just setting the, you know, the cameras do it all automatically. But uh, we, we need to take it a step further and sort of think it through. Surfing is an interesting um, photographic form because there is a form to it. I mean, there's a certain kind of picture. And yet uh, timing, positioning, technique, composition all become very important in a very constrained way. I mean, yeah. you've got a surfer, you've got the ocean. So, it's probably a very good discipline for, for a beginning photographer, actually. Yeah, I would say. Hard, Look at this difficult. incredible stuff. So, Peter, going on that, if you have photographers that say aren't necessarily, like, I'm not a huge hist history buff, what other modes can people reach out to? Would you say movies or what other ways can they be inspired besides necessarily yeah. art history? Yeah, history is probably a, a scary sort of a, a <laughs> term. phrase that. It's just having an interest in other types of art. And that might be watching television, um, watching movies, reading books into music. Um, it can be going to the art galleries or it can be going to local galleries. It can be seen painting, it can be seen photography. I guess we already have a great um, influence of imagery in our lives just because you, know, you turn on the computer, you pick up a magazine, you drive down the street. There are photographs absolutely everywhere. And to a certain extent, we, we just take those for granted. If you want to become a good photographer, I think you've got to step back a little bit and start to look at those photographs and say, why do I like that photograph so much? Mm. And just in asking yourself that question, 
you'll you'll come up with some great answers that say, oh, I like the way that photograph has got the elements in it balanced nicely. I like the light or I like the colour. And as you become aware of what you like, that in turn helps you create photographs that you know, speak your style and, and that hopefully other people are going to like as well. This is a good example, this shot right here, because yeah. it jumps out at you. What is it that makes this such a great shot? I mean, I would say... He's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking right at you and smiling. It's kind of not the rule of, you know, tr traditional rule of thirds is, or golden mean. This is mean. professional surfer Dean Morrison. And um, he's actually uh, smiling at a, another photographer um, who's uh, um, Hilton Dawes, who's actually in the water. And uh, I was uh, one of the other magazines I'm involved with is uh, Australian Surfing World magazine. And we were doing a, a job in the Mentawi Islands. And uh, being the senior photographer, I was on the little Zodiac with a long lens out of the water. And um, uh, Hilton, who had the, the water camera, he's actually in the water out of sight. And he and uh, Dean are good friends. And Dean's just you know, giving him the, the signal as he's coming through on, on a wave. That's and, uh, amazing. Wow. And the framing, the framing around him that the water... Yeah creates is fascinating can the, i dissect this photo yeah would you I, i'm just gonna go through some of the things that i see as making this a powerful image um one is the color and mm. using blue and orange which are on opposite sides of the mm -hmm. color wheel mm -hmm. and so just having that contrast and color um, another would be the depth of field so your eye automatically it's softer in front your eye knows automatically where to look um, it's drawn into this tunnel. Completely drawn. And that's the next one is perspective and having those leading lines of the tunnel. So once again, I think, Peter, you'll agree with this. A lot of creating fo fo good photographs is really guiding the viewer where to look. Can you elaborate right. that on that, Peter? I think that uh, one of the big things that we need to think about when we're taking a photograph isn't so much what we include in the photograph, mm. but what we exclude. And, you know, when you're looking through the viewfinder, you've got that square or that rectangle. You need to move it around and you need to move it in and move it out and have a feeling for what is actually inside the frame. And my motto is try and simplify things. So the less that you have in the frame, the more that you can focus on your subject, the better your photo is going to look. So how much are you moving around? Like you're, you're composing a shot. Are you pulling up your camera and it's there or are you... Moving I, to different I guess angles, a, or yeah, I've got a built-in viewfinder inside my brain, so I, I walk <laughs> around after doing this for so long. It's a sad, sad situation, but I walk around with a viewfinder in front of my eyes all the time, so I'm always, you know, framing and doing that sort of stuff. A little bit like the ninja, you know, I sort of jump out of alleys and you know frame up a photograph. Um, maybe we shouldn't have recorded that, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, that's I, just funny because Bruce Dale was talking about that yes uh, last week, where he was saying squint. Uh, and of course, uh, Charlie uh, would carry around the, a frame. So you see it in your head, or you know, you sometimes you see the, the 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 film director going like this. You've yeah. got that. You've got that in your head, Peter. Uh, yeah, but I must say, um, the film director going like that. I mean, you get these great little compact cameras now, and they've got that LCD screen on the back, and that's a great way of framing up um, a, a shot. I mean, I use a number of different cameras, certainly in my job with the magazines. I'm using lots and lots of different cameras all the time. Um, and but so while I might take the photographs on my big camera, I'll use my little camera just to frame things up. You look at things and you go, wow, I actually didn't quite see it that way. Mm. Um, one of the hard things to do is to make a transition between the subject in the in the landscape or whatever you're photographing. And Catherine was talking about the lines in that certain shot, for instance. And that's a way of, you know, 
trying to transform what is in nature into what are the, the two-dimensional lines that you're going to end up with um, on, on the scene. I hope you're going to show the rest of those photos that you just slipped up, because that was the first one in a series of yeah. six or seven. I, and we, we talk and, about I, and I realize that. Let's let's talk. I didn't want to distract you from what you were saying because it was so great. But yeah. let's let's talk about this this series because this is kind of interesting. What's well, going on here? I want to say one of the things that I think is profound about Peter's work is his you you Photoshop in a way that's minimalist but so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think for viewers that are even new to Photoshop or advanced users of Photoshop, you have a lot of valuable tips. Can you walk us through some of the process of what you're thinking when you capture an image and then working it through Photoshop? Yep, yeah, sure. I guess, you know, like if, if we started off with that photograph there of Sugarloaf Rock, um, we're, I'm actually in the middle of a squall. So that's what you see there is lots and lots of rain between me and the, the rock. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, Tony Hewitt, He's holding down the tripod. I've got a 30-second exposure going, and that's what's created all of that blurry, white, misty water around the base of the rock. But what I saw was actually a very bright red rock and a dark surrounds. And the reason I saw that was because 15 minutes ago, I'd run up to this shot, uh, up to this spot, looked at it, and that's how it was lit by, by nature. And then five seconds later, the, the light changed and gone, and we uh, went, went back and looked into the, uh, we, we jumped into the car and we sheltered while the storm went through and then we got out and it wasn't there anymore. Oh. So I started off with this capture. And but that happens, I, I, just, I just want to interrupt, but that happens to every single photographer where you look at something, you say it's so great and, and you can't, either the, the light the car, is shift. changing the card or whatever, or you just miss it. it just somehow yeah. the camera doesn't capture what your eyes saw. And that's so that's true. a challenge for every photographer, isn't it? And I think this is, so this will be an instructive lesson and how to bring out what you saw. In, indeed, and I, 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 that's a really good question where people say, oh, you've used Photoshop. Um, it's sort of like if, if you walk up into the mountains and you camp out for six weeks to get that perfect photo of these birds flying over a lake at dawn, and there's a certain honour in having been out into the landscape for that <laughs> yeah. long to do it. Yeah. But then I say, well, what happens if you'd spent two or three years learning how to use Photoshop and you took a photo of the lake and you took a photograph of a sunrise and you took a photograph of a bird and then you used your imagination to create an image, it's almost like, oh, anyone can do that. But I actually think that's just as valid a way of taking or making a photograph as being a, a stalwart photographer and sitting out there in the, in the wilds for 25 days to, to get the great shot. And I expect to get shot down for that comment by a few people, but that's okay. <laughs> so you had this shot. What did you do to it? Well, if we progress through, I, I, what I'm trying to do is to get people to look at the rock and to make that the hero. So, so you're I'm vignetting it to begin with, yes? Sorry, what's that? You vignette to start with, yes? Well, no, the vignette is actually coming from the lens. It's a wide-angle lens, okay. and it's a long exposure. And you'll find that when you use long exposures and wide-angle lenses, you get a, a natural vignette. Mm -hmm. But I've actually enhanced that vignette as well in terms of you know darkening down the sky and darkening down the foreground as well. But then I, if you keep on flipping through, you'll see that I, okay, there I've lit, I've lit up the rock. So, and that's probably about the, the trickiest bit of Photoshop that I've done is that I've used a mask within Photoshop to lighten that area up. But it's just a matter of you know, brushing in over the, the rock and then uh, add a little bit of color because that was the sort of color that I remembered from being there. It's not quite right yet. I've got to refine it a little bit. And so, yep, as you can see, as we're stepping through, the, the image is sort of starting to take shape. 
what I tried to do was to get my friend Tony Hewitt to run down and uh, stand on one of those rocks. Because I mean, now, that's a big, <laughs> big waves. But he, uh, he, he was. He, he was wouldn't do it, huh? <laughs> about his life, he wouldn't go down there. So I had to. If you flip onto one more shot, you put him there. <laughs> so I had to, I had to um, photograph Tony on another occasion and uh, and to drop him into position there, and that sort of gives you a feeling for the scale and uh, you know, what it, what it's all about. There are going to be people who say, but that that's completely fake. You totally fake that. Fake. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, Starry Night is also fake, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, well, can I use another term apart from fake? Yeah. Um, and I might be, you know, putting tickets on myself and taking all the tickets, but you know, maybe it's a, got a little bit of imagination to it. Okay. There you is go. Is that so bad? Not at all. Peter no. and I had this discussion actually in Australia, yeah. and uh, and it's what an artist does. Well, yeah, and that's actually interesting. One of the things that I get a remark from my clients is sometimes they, I shoot the wedding, it may be overcast a little bit or it may not be optimum per se. Mm -hmm. And afterwards they'll say the photographs are actually better than what they remembered. Yeah. But at the but same time. But you're capturing the feeling. Well, there's so much, but if I, I think a wedding day they want blue skies. So right. I'm going to bring the skies blue even if it was right. overcast. It's okay you know, to do that, so. I think it's it is. We're pure. not talking photojournalism here. No, no. And that it would is, be different. It would be different. But I think what Peter's saying is Photoshop gives us these tools, and whether it's taking representing something that you how you remembered it, or the fantasy of what you wanted it to be as, you know. So I don't know. I, I use it. I do it. I, so I mean, Catherine, what about you know? We we a lot of people hold up Ansel Adams as being a great photographer who just captured what was really there. But uh, for those who actually read a little bit about Ansel Adams and how he worked, he started off with something which was quite different to what he ended up with. And it was very much an imaginative process that he went. He pre-visualized, not just in a technical point of view, a technical point of view in terms of his darkroom technique and you know, he's brilliant as a teacher in that area, but he actually had ideas of where he wanted to take that image. And it's no different today. It's just that all of a sudden, the genie's out of the bottle, and everybody knows that you can do it. Right. And I think a few people are feeling a little bit unhappy that they've been fooled all these years into thinking that, you know, uh, Moonrise and Anders would really look like that when Ansel was there. Let's yeah. take another one. This is, uh, where, where is this castle? This is Belmonte in uh, the middle of Spain. And uh, there's some very, very happy old people because just behind me there was a retirement village being put up. So they're going to have this wonderful view for, wow. the, for the rest of their lives. So uh, it's funny because you, you really are out in the middle of nowhere and, and so is the retirement village. So <laughs> there we go. And what, what, so what was the uh, issue here? Did you see this differently? Did you, what did you want to do with this picture? Well, I guess um, I, I really wanted... To, Europe is an amazing part of the world. I, I really feel I've got an affinity with there. Maybe it was a, a past life or something, but I get over there and I love the age. I mean, coming from Australia, we're only 200 and a bit years old, so we're a young nation. And in terms of buildings and stuff, we don't have stuff that's that old. Whereas we get over to Europe and, you know, it's 1,000, 2,000 years old. Mm. And this old castle is in a beautiful state of disrepair um, in, in Spain. I mean, if, if this were in um, Australia, America or in England, you, you'd have to line up to get in there and you wouldn't be able to touch anything. Whereas in Spain, we could walk around. It was all decrepit and ruined inside. As a, you know, I just had this wonderful medieval feeling about it. And so I go back a little bit to my black and white photography days and I changed it from colour 
into black and white and then I added a little bit of tone and I wanted people to be very sure that they, you know, I wanted the eye to be led up that road and put in, you know, straight into the castle. And so I'm using color and tone and see now, as you can see, I'm lighting up, lightening up the mm, castle. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very clearly making a statement. You know, we, we talk about what do you want your viewer to look at? Well, when you come through a next couple, I think you'll agree it's a little bit hard not to look at that castle yeah. the way that I have adjusted the colors and the tones within the image. That's beautiful now. And how much are you playing with this before you come up with your final rendition? That's a good question. Do you know where you're going? Not always. Um, I, yeah, people ask this, the question a lot. I mean, some, sometimes I'll stand in front of a scene and I say, yes, that's what I want to do, and I'll go there from A to Z very, very quickly. On other occasions, I have an idea, I get into Photoshop later on, or my camera technique's not right, and I think, geez, Pete, you missed that, you missed that right up, and I might end up somewhere else. And then there's a, a third situation where I can just be looking at some of my outtakes, and I think, wow, that looks like a good photo, and I'll have a little bit of a fiddle, and... Um, as serendipity works, and I end up with something looking pretty cool. Here's one that's going to make some people angry, because you really <laughs> process this one, and yet you're, what you're doing is you're bringing out what's what's in this picture. So, um, Leo, where, where I, is this? I, I, Leo, I, I'd, I'd like to make an official complaint to the world. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a, a little place called Mount Nemrut in the middle of Turkey. It's amazing. And every photograph I've seen of Mount Nemrut is on a beautiful bluebird sunrise day. There's just not a cloud of, not, not a cloud in the sky, the light streaking through. And so I went to this place with full expectations of that beautiful morning. And look what I got. I mean, I ask you, it's just, you know, the light was completely flat. There was no direction in the light. And yet, you know, you can hardly even see the, the stone heads floating around there. There's a mad king, and uh, he built the, the, the mound, mound in the background there. It's called a tumulus, and it's lots and lots of little rocks. And so if you dig down into it, the other rocks fall in. And so it's sort of like a, an inverted um, ant's nest. And so we, we think that he's buried under there, but we're not too sure. But he had a number of statues made up, which over the years, this is a couple of thousand years old, they've been knocked over. And so my challenge was to change the image in a way so that, one, you could see mm. all of the statues, and two, you had a bit of a feeling for, for what it was all about. Mm. And this was a classic example of knowing that I had something, but it probably took me three months to work it out. Now, I'm not, I'm not so bad that I'm sitting down in front of my computer for three months solid, <laughs> but over a period of three months, I'll put the photo away and I'll come back and I... I figured that I had something there. It just took a little bit of time to, to work out exactly how I was going to present it so that people could you know, get the feeling of what it was like to be in I mean, it was an amazingly mystical sort of place. I mean, we got up at 2 o'clock in the morning. That was even earlier than I got up this morning to come along and talk to you guys. And uh, we drove for two hours, and then we have a bit of um, uh, breakfast, and then we walk up to the top in the dark, and uh, then you just wait for the sun to rise. And, uh, of course, the, the sun didn't really rise on this particular morning. It was an interesting insight because at first when you're working with this, you're working in color. And at some point you obviously had the insight, you know, let's, let's monochrome it. And then, then it's cross, you cross-processed it, which really brought yeah, it alive. I'm, Are you yeah, playing I, a lot in Photoshop? Well, I mean, it, 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 a lot of people, am I playing a lot in Photoshop? Yes, I, I, I try to do things in Photoshop these days as quickly and as expediently as I can because I, I don't want to spend all of my time in Photoshop. Um, a lot of people say, oh, great, Photoshop, what tools do I use? And the first question really is, what do you want to do? So if you've got a color photograph, 
and you want to make it into a black and white, well, then there are a number of tools that you can use to turn it into a black and white. And depending on which tool you use might change how that black and white looks at the end. Um, Leo asked a question, I started off in colour. Why did I go to black and white? Simple answer, the colour looked horrible. So yeah. I ended up trying to try it in black and white because as I made the adjustments to the tones in the picture, I ended up with colours that looked muddy and not right. particularly nice. And, right. and so that's why I thought, okay, this isn't working. I need to try a black and white rendition. So I have a question for you running from that. In your bio, you mentioned that it feels bad to mess up a photograph. What defines messing up a photograph and how often do you do that? Um, well, it depends who you're talking to. Because some people will say that I mess up all of my photographs. And we were talking <laughs> a little bit about the, the photojournalists before, the nature photographers, you know, wildlife photographers, things like, people like that. And they have a particular mandate when they take a camera out. And I respect that. And I love that style, those genres of work. I, I'm a great, uh, I, I appreciate what they do. But then I come over to what I'm doing, and to me it's a matter of creating an image that's got um, impact and uh, maybe, it, I think it's got to be a little bit different to what we would see with our eyes. I mean, we see in colour all the time. We see photographs all the time. I mean, the iPhone and uh, the computer have made the, made the photograph ubiquitous. Everybody takes photographs. Everybody is a photographer. So now it's a matter of using my vision, I guess, and Photoshop, it used to be the darkroom, now it's Photoshop, just to enhance what I want to say about a particular photograph. And so that's what I call messing it up. And I, I use messing it up because I suppose it's a little bit in deference to the people who like the pure photograph, but I just would like a few of the pure photographers perhaps from time to time to acknowledge that you know the, the people who mess up photos have got just as much validity as anybody else. These are beautiful, and if anybody would say you don't like color, yeah. <laughs> lots of color in these shots. What are Incredible. your favorite three tools in Photoshop? Like, what functions do you use the most? Um, oh, well, that was one of the tips that I provided. There's a, a little button in Photoshop. Now, um, can we just sort of you know, cut this down? I don't want everybody to know this secret. But so just us just a, us kids. No one, just stop just listening. Oh, this just is a secret. Us, okay. okay. Now, when you have your photograph, and you might have done a number of layers in Photoshop, or you might not, not have, we add in a curves adjustment layer, or you can just open up the curves, and there's a little button up there that says A-U-T-O. I think it's got something to do with cars. I'm not quite too sure, but it says <laughs> auto, and I press that, and it's amazing what Photoshop will do to your file and to improve it. And I get that is one of the, the little tricks that I do is um, you, you know, if you go back to the series of photos that you've just seen where I've gone step by step, they're layers in Photoshop where I'm adding up ah, adjustments to okay. images. You know, so I'm making one change and then another change step by step by step. And then right at the end, I'll add in a curves adjustment layer for the technical sort and I press auto and it just cleans up all of the, the values within the image and it just gives me a ni nice, clean, natural looking result. It's interesting you because I'm glad. It. Well, no, because I have a, such a. I love hearing that from you because personally, I felt like I shouldn't, as a professional, I shouldn't use the auto button. Never use auto. And I think it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always thinking, like, is this okay? So to know that you use it makes me. That's, that's a nice confirmation. So yeah, I, I appreciate I, I, that. So I mean I mean, basically, you ask for tools. So what I'm doing really is I'm, uh, I, I use the exposure. So I'm lightening and darkening the picture. 
I'm using contrast. I'm either increasing or decreasing the contrast. And I'm using colour saturation. I'm either increasing or decreasing the colour. That's it. And once you know they're the three things that you want to do, there's only three or four tools in Photoshop that you use. Curves, levels, hue saturation, colour balance. That's basically it. Easy, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Anybody could do that. <laughs> How hard could if that be? <laughs> well, it, and again, if you come back to what I was saying right at the beginning, you do a little bit of research about what you like in photography. You then work out what you're passionate about. So maybe it's landscapes or people or surfing. Go out and photograph what you're passionate about and then develop a style. All of a sudden, you know what you want to do with your photographs. You walk over to Photoshop. You've got a purpose and it becomes very, very easy. It really does. We're going we're gonna to take a break. Peter Eastway is our guest. PeterEastway.com is the place to go to find out more about uh, his work. And he also and has magazines. those walkthroughs he did. Um, he has tutorials on, uh, All on the website. Yeah, master courses that you can sign up for. That's fantastic. That's on the Better Photography website. Yeah. That, oh, on Better, Better Photography yeah, website. Yeah, because this is the personal, so that, that, this is the personal, personal one. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there's betterphotography.com, which is my, my website there, the Peter Eastway one, is where I have my portfolio. And then there's the betterphotography.com is one of the magazines where we've got a lot of those uh, um, how-to movies and things like that. That's it. You've got it. Yeah, his master classes are great. This is, this is really cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. We're going to talk more with Peter Eastway. In fact, we have two more of his photo tips in just a second. Before we do that, though, can I mention our sponsor, Squarespace.com? We... It's very clear when we talk about websites, you know, when, every time we talk to photographers, it's clear that the website is kind of one of the most important tools in your arsenal. It's how you show the world what you do. Maybe you've been thinking, I need a portfolio site or I'd like to create a website to show off what I do. Can I tell you, Squarespace is it. Not only is it great hosting, the best hosting you can get, it, it just never goes down. Uh, it's 100% fast and reliable. But it's also the best software running on top of that. So it's hosting plus software. And let me tell you, it, uh, just the design templates that are available to you, make sure that every Squarespace site is totally unique. You take total control, but you don't have to be a web designer to do it. It's all with drag and drop, point and click. Yeah, and one of the great things, too, I think for any level of photographer, whether you're just an amateur and you're just playing and having fun and want to have a place to show your work, to a pro, you can anyone can use it. You bet. It. They've got yeah. great gallery uh, software. And uh, you look, see this big green button at the Squarespace.com site. Go to Squarespace.com, click the big green button. Literally, ten seconds later, you'll be creating your first site for free for two weeks. You don't need a credit card. You just need the name of the site, a password, and an email address, and you're you're going. You're there. You can use all of their great features too, like their social integration, which means you could take your Flickr account, for instance and just port it right into your Squarespace account using a very simple widget. Uh, but you can also use Twitter, any RSS feed. I mean, it's total control. If you've got an existing site and you want to try Squarespace, simple enough, they've got importers from all the major blog APIs, movable type, WordPress, TypePad, and Blogger. And these import the images, the links, everything works, all the SEO continues and export too so you're never trapped in a squarespace site galleries too let me tell you the photo galleries are very very nice let's take a look at the photographers who are using squarespace for their portfolios now here's the deal try it free as i said for two weeks just go to squarespace.com click that big green button once you've created a site you love check out the pricing pick the uh the plan that meets your needs from monthly to yearly to two years of course you'll save the most when you go 
for the longest term. And then use the offer code TWITPHOTO7. T-W-I-T-P-H-O-T-O -T -T and the number 7. And you'll save 10% off the first six months. 10% off for six months, so it's even a better deal. I think Squarespace is fantastic. I know it's the site. I just set up my site for my new ham radio login, you know, my uh, call sign. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Will you give it a try? Squarespace.com. And if you decide to sign up, TwitPhoto7. It's the secret behind exceptional websites like perhaps yours. Peter Eastway is our guest, a very well-known photographer from Down Under. He is a publisher of three very popular photography magazines, including Better Photography Magazine, Better Digital Magazine. Uh, and what's the third one? Better, Better photo. Photoshop Techniques. Photoshop. Better Photoshop Techniques. Yeah. So it's, but it's all there at betterphotographymagazine.com. Betterphotography.com is the place to go. So uh, more tips from Mr. Uh, Mr. Greenway here, I think. Yes? So, <laughs> Mr. Greenway. Mr. Greenway, sir. So yeah, he, I, he wrote out this really nice, eloquent... I'm, I was thinking of the director, Mr. Eastway. Yeah, it's cool. Peter Greenway is a director, He's isn't he? Am I wrong? He is. Uh, wonderful stuff, too. I take it as a compliment, Leo. That's, that, that's where that had, the, my mind was going with that one. So he wrote out this nice, eloquent description of a, of a tip, but I'm going to let you elaborate yourself, and I'm just going to say you can't polish a turd. <laughs> Very Australian oh, I, thing to say. I didn't know you were allowed to say that sort of stuff on Twitch TV. Oh, you could say anything you want. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is Leo's network. Is my, no FCC here. <laughs> so... so you're saying if it's a bad photo, just give up. No. No? No, I'm not saying it's a bad photograph, give up. I'm, I'm saying make the most of your opportunity when you're out there in the field taking the photos. So, you know, like that photograph, well, all of the photographs that you've seen so far of mine, you know, I haven't just gone there and gone click and walked away. I, I've probably taken 20, 30, sometimes 100 different photographs of a particular subject. Um, if uh, I can quote uh, American photographer Jay Maisel, um, he said, I might, might walk around and not take a lot of photos, but he says, when I find, paraphrasing, when I find something really good, I go and I shoot the IT out of it. Right, and uh, right. you know, what he was basically saying is that you'll know when something's really good or when you're passionate about it. And so don't just take one or two photos, take lots and lots. And, you know, different angles, different zooms, you know, moving it around. Well, here's a good example. I mean, these are, these are two shots of the same thing. You obviously shot a lot of this uh, train line. Or whatever it yeah, is. This was, this was a great little project I did over in Western Australia. It was called the Pilbara Project. And it's a, a part of uh, Western Australia, which is, has got a lot of mining going on. And there's also a lot of uh, the you know, Aboriginal dream time out there where we, we got to meet some of the Aboriginal artists out there. I was there with uh, Christian Fletcher, Les Walkling and Tony Hewitt. There are four of us. And we, we basically got this wonderful brief, which was go out into the Pilbara and create art for us. And we had a, a great exhibition opening in uh, Perth and up in uh, Port Hedland um, in February this year. And it, it's been a, a great uh, sort of a, a, well, great, great experience just working with the other photographers and um, you know, seeing how they see. I mean, we, mm. we've all been to the same locations and yet the photographs that we've all produced are completely different and uh, just an amazing part of the world. And I guess uh, that you know, Catherine and I were talking yesterday about you know, comparing things. Um, it's great to show the, the photos of the Pilbara and how that is so different to the photos that you'll see next down in Antarctica. And uh, they're, both, they're both deserts um, in many ways. Well, they, both, they are both deserts, but they're just so totally different. And yet, so when, when you're there out there in the middle of nowhere 
the, the sense of isolation, desolation, of loneliness, of, yeah, even though the, the car's only behind you, but you've got to ignore that. Uh, <laughs> it, it's very similar. And uh, what wonderful experience is just to be out in those places. You just, you just got back from Antarctica, did you? These are recent. No, no, I've been, no? Yeah, no that was nearly two years ago now. No, November I'm so uh, 2009. Jealous. I was going to be in Antarctica in February, and, and the weather didn't cooperate. Oh, no. And it just seems like a, an amazing place to shoot. Yeah. Of course, yeah, you, live, you live there, practically. You're, you're right next to it, Peter. Um, no, no, no. We're a long, long way away. <laughs> in fact, it's quicker to get to Antarctica from the bottom of South America than it is from Australia. Oh, uh, wow. Um, so. Well, that's where I was. I was in South America, yeah, and, and the, just the weather didn't quite. So these are shots you took. Uh, where in Antarctica did you take? Well, well, these are various places. This is Deception Island, which is um, just off Antarctica. This is um, such a dramatic And there are a number shot. of old wow. water boats just uh, sitting down there, which is part wow. of the whaling industry. This is actually uh, an active uh, volcano, and if you dig down about uh, 10, 20 centimetres, the, the earth below gets very, very warm. So uh, you, you don't want to stick around too long, you know. Wow. The next 100 years, it could erupt again. Who knows? Just mm. amazing. So this that, is uh, South, South Georgia Island, Hadjigalski Fjord. This is a, a stitched stitch photograph. That's a panorama, you mean? So a panoramic. So yeah. when, when we're, at the, we're on the back of the ship, and um, you know, to get this view, I've actually got to look to the left and then look to the right. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a, a quite, you know, so I, I've just sort of brought everything in together. I but, love uh, yeah. the, the, the blue of the glaciers is so gorgeous. And people might think, oh, he painted that blue. Uh, you, and you I, might have emphasized it, it, but it is blue. It is dramatically blue. It, it's one of the things, I mean, in, in that particular image, yes, I did, I did help the blue along a little bit. But it, our cameras, as good as they are, they have limitations. And I think that one of the things that I failed to do when I came back from Antarctica was to really show people how blue the glaciers and the icebergs really are. Yeah. And our cameras are great. Uh, the papers we print on, the screens that we look on. I mean, technology is wonderful, but it does not match the reality of what is down there. And you can only get that sense by being there. Are you using so, filters with this as well? Um, no, these are all. Just, I, I, I just take a straight capture, and then in Photoshop, I will, you know, re, you know, like like here, for instance, that's a straight shot, and I might have just adjusted the color temperature to get back that color. But that's, you know, really that's sort of what it looked like. It, you know, there is that beautiful yellowy golden color along the horizon, and you go up to those wonderful blues. I mean, this is taken uh, very early in the well. Actually, I'm not quite too sure. That morning was a, a long morning. I <laughs> I was up at two o'clock in the morning because the sun comes up at uh, yeah, half past two. It, it's rather annoying. Being a landscape photographer is a tough gig, you know. It's a very tough gig. You've got, you know, in summertime, you get up very early, and then you don't get to go to bed until very late. So it's a, it's a tough job. Hmm. Now, the water was definitely not this green. The water was that green. Not in this particular <laughs> photograph, but when I was there uh, an hour or so before, and we were out around on the left-hand side of uh, the ship there, um, the water is very shallow and it's a sandy bottom, and the water was a beautiful emerald green. It was incredibly green, and it really contrasted. When I came back later on, the clouds had come in, and so the water wasn't quite that green in that exposure. But I can show you other photographs in my files that will prove to you beyond a doubt that that <laughs> green is really that green. So, <laughs> so you, you're making all these beautiful photographs, mm -hmm. which leads us to your third tip, which is getting your work out there and entering photo competitions. Can you elaborate on that 
for us, please? Sure. I mean, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to win a few photo competitions. I'm uh, lucky enough to be invited uh, to go and judge photographic competitions. I've just uh, finished being the chairman of the uh, Canon AIPP Australian Professional Photography Awards down here in Australia. But I also go around to camera clubs and I judge local camera clubs. And I, I enjoy the process. But I'm always very careful when I'm talking to people who have entered their photographs because I enter. I know what it's like. I, whenever I, I, I entered um, the awards one year, I remember telling Catherine this story, and I had four gold awards, the best four photographs I'd ever taken, and I put them in, and you know, two of them bombed out completely. <laughs> I had you know, people coming up saying, Peter, what were you thinking? They were the worst shots I've ever seen of yours. And yet in my mind, they're absolutely wonderful. So it's, it's, a, it's a challenge when you put your, your heart on your sleeve and you, you put your work into the judges, but it is just their opinion. So if the judges don't like your work, there's a simple answer. They are Philistines and they just don't <laughs> Who couldn't like or this? Come on. There might be that you can take something away from what the judges have said. I, I had another experience years ago where I, I went to Easter Island, um, way out in the middle of nowhere. I, I took a 4x5 view camera and I took this beautiful photograph of an old tree taken in the after in the gloaming and I was I was enamored with this photo. It was it was the best thing I'd ever done. And I put it into the competition and it got a score of you know seventy two or seventy four, which was underneath eighty, which is the magic score you have to get in the awards. And it was a failure. And the judge said, Oh yeah, it's just a rather average travel snap. And I thought, gosh, how could he say that? Doesn't he see the brilliance in that photography? Anyway, flash forward five years and I'm cleaning out the studio. And I'm just putting out these old prints that I've entered. I'm just throwing them over into the rubbish. And I threw that one over. I grabbed it back and I pulled it up. And there was my brilliant tree on Easter Island. And I thought back to the words of the judge. And he was actually very polite. It was a crap photograph. <laughs> and, and so as time goes by, you enter in the photo competitions. And if you take on results that you get, I actually find it's a really good way to improve your photography. See, whether you're a professional or whether you're an enthusiast, Photography is a sort of a solitary thing that you do. It's a solitary pastime. Is what we're doing good or not? How do you find out? I mean, when you take a photograph of little Johnny, a little Johnny is smiling. It could be the worst photograph, but mum will, mum, right. yeah, little Johnny's mum will love it right. because little Johnny is smiling, and it's it's it, it it's a different thing for that person. When you're entering as a as a, a photographic competition, is it good from a photographic point of view? Well, that's another matter. And so getting the feedback, getting some knockbacks is actually good because it allows you to say, all right, the judges didn't like this. Let me let's look at it a different way. Why didn't they like it? And, and right. maybe you know you can learn from that experience. Yeah, I have to say too, like I, I'm definitely a huge advocate for entering into competitions. And one of the things that initially when I was entering, I thought I put so much weight on each entry and it was like I was waiting for the response and I was all excited and I found that one out of ten would turn out okay. And you just have to plant a lot of seeds for the plant to grow. And I think that basically what going on what you're saying, it's really important to get your work out there and not get discouraged when you may not have received the scores that you thought you should have and to keep trying and to keep getting your work out there and I think too Peter if you could maybe elaborate more on I can understand them for a professional why entering contests is really important because it's prestigious and we put it on our resumes but perhaps you could elaborate more on why an amateur or an enthusiast or 
Um, what can they really get out of it other than what you've mentioned so far as an objective opinion? Well, whether you're an amateur or whether you're a professional, the fact that you're working towards entering a competition puts you in a different mindset. You basically think, all right, I know judges are going to be looking at this photograph critically. Maybe I should look at the photograph myself first before I put it in and just see what they might pick up. And so the process, uh, and if you actually sat down and listened to some judges critiquing work, um, you, get a, a, you quickly understand how particular they can be about, about photographs. And so you might look at it and say, well, a few dust spots there, I need to darken that. Or that area in the background is a little bit too light. If I darken that down, then I'll look at the subject. So it's really this self-analysis process that you go through. It's the experience of doing it. And whether you win or lose really doesn't matter. The process of just creating a competition entry and entering it and then assessing the feedback and you know, taking out of it what you can is, is just really, it just builds yourself as a photographer. And that's whether you're an amateur or a professional. Um, well, I, I, can I do a little bit of a plug? I've got on the, the Better Photography website at the moment, we've got a, a photo of the year competition. And yes, we're going to ask you for some money if you want to enter. But one of the things that I like about what we do is that when you enter the competition, the photo gets uploaded and then we send you an email back with your score. And so, you know, we, we set this, the standards, you know, um, up to 70 is, you know, it's good, but not quite there. Uh, sorry, 70 to 80 is professional, 80 to um, 90 is a silver and 90 and above is a gold. And it just gives you this immediate feedback as to where you sit in the scheme of things. And you know, there are a number of competitions around the world that give you that sort of feedback. And I think they're the ones to be encouraged because you do get a score. You get a mark at the end of it rather than, oh, these three people won and the others didn't. I mean, that, that's good. And there's an argument for that as well. No, but, but if it's you're not, wanting to learn, yeah. I think the feedback is really useful. Uh, is this open to everybody worldwide? This is open worldwide, as long as you're not a professional. This is a, this particular oh, competition this is, is only open for amateurs. And you might but want to buy the ebook at betterphotography.com: How to Win Photo Competitions Before You Enter the Photo. Can you give us? Can you give us a little bit of <laughs> hints? Hints, like one or hints. two tips from your ebook. Yes, yes, certainly. I, I think the, the best tip that I have is nobody ever died because they didn't win a photo competition. <laughs> so um, yeah, enter it and have fun because that's what it's all about. Don't take it too seriously. And then if you win, it's great. As I said, you can always call judges Philistines. In, in terms of tips, I think you one of the best things you can do is to go to a place that is a little bit unusual or photograph a subject that is unusual because people are looking for things that are different. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it might be your subject matter that's different or it could even be your treatment of ordinary subject matter that is different. But you need to, you know, you think about it. The judges are there and they might be judging a thousand photographs in a day. How are you going to stand out? And so you need to, you know, subject matter is really useful. Um, and then the way that you treat it. And I go through a number of techniques in the in the book i mean in some ways the uh, you know the the book is really just about how to take good photographs um but i've called it how to win photo competitions and obviously i look at it from the point of view of winning and entering but it's really about setting yourself goals and going step by step with the image okay so what's my lighting like what's my focus like how can i bring my subject out what's my composition like and so i go through step by step you know you know, 30 or 40 different aspects of an image with examples before and afters as to how you can actually improve your photographs. So um, I've got good response from people so far, so it's going well. Thank you. I like the categories. Emotive portraits, classic landscapes, creative flair, 
exotic travel, incredible sport, and revealing nature. Those are good. Those are even the categories kind of are great because they stimulate your your creative juices. Yeah, they do. You know, that's a great. That's a great way to do well, it. Well, another thing too that hey, I thanks, Leanne, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Another thing too, I think that's great that photo contests can do is they also can help build in the photo community. Um, so, for example, I just did a self-portrait contest that we talked about on a previous show. That if you actually, fun. Yeah, if you go to my Let blog, me go there. Yeah, yeah. there's a um, list of a lot of the winning, the honor, I did an honor, there were so many great entries, I couldn't just have a winner, I had to show the honorable mentions. And if you just scroll down to the second post... Um, anyway, ooh, look at yeah. this! And, wow, and it was really great because everyone that entered the contest, they all, it was a really sh sharing, you know, in their pictures of themselves. Yeah. It's a self-portrait contest, and so we were learning about each other, and wow, we got to know each other through the contest. And what a good idea for a contest! I like I, that. I I tried to enter, Catherine. Oh, you did? I think that's you, I isn't it, Peter? Right the there? No. <laughs> Say again. <laughs> I said my lens broke. Oh no. <laughs> So you Sorry, the delivery wasn't so good. No, I stepped on your line. These are great. These are wonderful. Oh, look at this. Yeah. And you learn and you see all these and that's what's so great about these the web and you know, we're talking to Peter in Australia, but you're seeing all these entries from different countries all over the and world. meeting people from all over this the is place. Like Clement from France. I just love it. And and so many of those photographs would do really well in any photo competition. Why? Because there's a difference about them all, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're sensational shots. They really yeah, are. I just love them. I could see why you had to post them all. I had. I, well, I picked. There was over 500 entries, wow. and we picked um, the top 11 to feature. Well, the team we we edited it down. There are still a lot of other great ones that weren't included, but um, it was a really good process, and I'm excited for the next competition. I don't know what to do, though. I need ideas. So if anyone has any ideas, tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, so. is this the winning, is this the winning uh, entry? Um, well, actually, that's quite the, dramatic. Yeah, this one and then also the second one. There's two honorable mentions, those two. So that's an honorable mention. And, and then the and one underneath, is, yeah. Very nice. Very so, nice. Wow. It's and a fun you can process. see that at katherinehall.net if you want to see all the winners. They were great. Wow. Yeah. Really neat. So, Peter, you said something to me that I, I, I would like for you to elaborate to our viewers. It's okay to copy 100 people, but it's not okay to copy one. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, okay. So, plagiarism is when you basically see the work of somebody and you go out and just do a straight copy. And you know, I was about to do that to you, Peter. I'm not allowed to. I... <laughs> oh, it's funny. I, I have seen it happen from time to time. It's been an interesting experience. Well, you have a, you do have a distinct you have a you have a very your own photos come up. Yeah, I mean, you have a very distinct style, and I, I think you could almost say that you could look at a picture and say, "Oh, yeah, that's a that's a Peter Eastway." Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. they're well, even more beautiful in print. Don't steal from Peter. <laughs> well, he has his master classes too, so oh, he tells no, you no, how to do I, it. I actually um, encourage people to um, to take what I do and try it. Um, and and because if you go back to the ateliers of old, where people were learning how to do painting, right. you know that was how you learned. You copied right. the masters. And it's so how I you learn every art. You, see work, you do copy it. It's just yeah. that you don't enter it into a competition right. as being your own work. <laughs> right. That's all. Right. Um, copy and then so develop your own style before you start really that, showing it. And, and that's where it comes back to a um, hundred people. Um, if you go and get little snippets of a hundred people that you like that's an influence from which you're going to develop your own style. And that is my comment, Catherine. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like it. 
So I, I, people are dying. I hear you have a toy with you, and I want to know what's in your bag, Peter. What do you carry with you? You oh, have. Yep. Okay. Well, it, it isn't it funny? I mean, we, because being um, involved in photography for thirty years, even though I'm only twenty-seven, <laughs> I always we used to use the old eight by ten and four by five U cameras. You know, the really, really big cameras. And I used to think, wouldn't it be really cool to have an eight by ten quality camera that you could just hand hold? And, and basically, this is it. So I'll try and hold it um, on still so you can see. This is a, uh, a Phase 1 P65 back. It's actually out of, well, it's not out of date, but it? it's only 60 megapixels. They've got a new 80 megapixels that's out. Only 60. And, and so it, 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 it's wonderful. It's an Alpha camera, which is just basically a, a piece of metal, which you put the back onto. And then there's a, a Diggeron Rodenstock ultra-wide lens on the front. And, and this is a viewfinder. Now, in Australia, this little package is about $80,000. Oh. You know what? There's nothing automatic. You can't even focus. You've got to manually focus it to get wow. it right. The wow. viewfinder is horrible. It's all curved. You can't see what you're getting. <laughs> but quality. But, you know, oh, look, I've even got over here, I even have a, a cord to basically synchronize the lens to the back so that it takes the photograph. I mean, how antiquated. <laughs> and yet the quality that it takes is second to none. It is just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you can make beautiful big prints that just look absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, I, I, I still use my Canons, my Nikons, my Leicas, my Panasonics. But the Phase 1, if you're wanting to make a big landscape photograph and money is no object, just sensational stuff. A lot, you know, very, 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 very fun piece of equipment. No but I have been doing this for a while. On the opposite end of the spectrum, didn't you just do a trip to New Zealand with a point-and-shoot project? Sorry, I missed that. Sorry. I said on the opposite end of the spectrum, didn't you just go to New Zealand with oh, a point-and-shoot? Yeah. I, I did. That was one of the best junkets I've had. Um, <laughs> uh, Panasonic Lumix, Lumix um, had released their new range of compact cameras, and they took a group of um, journalists from around the Asian area over to New Zealand. We went down to Queenstown, and they just threw us into a helicopter, and we just went spinning around wow. the Alps for a couple of hours. Must have cost them an absolute fortune to get us down there, but fantastic photographs. Um, they are floating around on one of my blogs on the website where we managed to, I mean, New Zealand down there, the weather is you know, not normally fantastic. And we just had some beautiful bluebird days. It's just a very special time. So the best uh, camera launch junket I think I've ever had since the, um, since the Polaroid Spectra camera in um, uh, LA uh, 20 years ago, I guess. Was that the LX5, the Lumix LX5 that you were shooting with? Or? No, it was the TZ20. TZ20. That's right. TZ20. That's right. What's special about this point and shoot? Um, I guess the. Well, look at the pictures well, for crying out loud. It, 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 there we go. Yep. <laughs> Holy so, cow! Uh, well, that, that's that, I've cheated a little bit there too. That's a stitched photograph as well. So I've gone click, click, click around. But you look at the weather that we had. What, what's great about them is that it's a little camera. It's small. It's got a good zoom range. It's got a fantastic quality. Um, it's got a little GPS um, sensor, so it will actually stamp your. Um, it'll, it'll stamp like where you are when you're taking the photographs. Um, and it just you know, fits in the pocket. I mean, the quality that we're getting out of these cameras these days is just sensational. No kidding. Um, and it's and, you know, it, just just wonderful toys to play with. Wow. Now I want one. So now you're showing me up. It was your worth their shoot. money. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth that uh, all that money. <laughs> you know, they're, they're good. They're, they're, I mean, all, all of the guys these days are. I mean, we, we even look at the the other the other 
camera that we all use, the, yep. the iPhone yep. or yep. Uh, there's the Nokia NX and yeah, N8, I think I have, which has got a 12 megapixel sensor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting where the compact camera is going to go. And I, I wonder whether the compact camera, um, unless it does something special, it's really got a lot of competition there with the with the iPhones. But you know, I, a couple of friends of mine uh, have been um, doing a, a lot of great stuff with, with the iPhone. Uh, uh, Sally Sargood uh, did a, a trip of, on the um, the uh, was it the um, from China over to uh, the Trans Siberia Railway, and she's got a whole lot of shots she took with her iPhone. And geez, they came up beautifully. That was in the, the issue before last of Better Photography. Oh wow! So yeah, you can get your public. Pictures published by an iPhone in a magazine. Yeah, indeed. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. <laughs> that that goes back to it's not the tool, it's the photographer, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to thank Peter uh, for joining us. PeterEastway.com is his website. Betterphotography.com is his uh, magazine site. And his blog is there as well. And that's where you'll see uh, some of these newer uh, images that are just dramatic. I love this Very light. cinematic feeling. Yeah, I love this light box thing you've got on your uh, website. I That's know, me really too. cool. It's really cool. Yeah, you can zoom Thank in you. on Thanks. all these pictures. Yeah. Well, well, Leo, it's been great to see you again since Tasmania. So it was a couple of two or three years two ago. Two or three years ago, but we had, uh, and it's great because we had such great conversations about the about this thing that we were talking about at the beginning of, uh, of of is it is it art? Can you can you do anything you want with your pictures? And I think you really inspired me. Uh, that yes, this is this is your art. You can do whatever you want to make it sing. Thank you, and 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 uh, and Catherine, it's uh, thank you very much for thinking of me. And uh, it's it's uh, a bit intimidating to have someone of your stature uh, uh, interviewing me, but you've Aww. done it very nice. Made, you've made me look good too. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Peter, and thanks for getting up so early. You get extra, oh, yes, extra brownie bed, points. Think, no kidding. The, the sun's just come out. I think it's just up. <laughs> <laughs> PeterEastway.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Peter. It's really great to see you again. Thanks very much. Take Cheers, care. Guys. Bye, Peter. Wow, that's, thank you. That's so cool. Oh, I love his stuff. I know it's gorgeous. Yeah, and he was he was doing some really interesting Photoshop things in Tasmania too. With almost they were really almost paintings. Well, yeah, and the thing that's great about his work is he's not, it's he's minimalist. He's not throwing on a bunch of filters. He's not doing HDR. He's not doing any of you know major tricks. He's literally using the curves yep. and the color saturation. It's amazing. We want to uh, thank all the people who are submitting photos to our new Twit photo pool on Flickr. Look at all these great images. Uh, We created a new photo pool for the show, so it's uh, flickr.com slash groups slash Twit photo, all one word. And uh, I guess we're still looking for photographs in two different categories, right? Flags. Flags, because it was flag day. And then the soft light. And soft light. So we've yeah. got some really and interesting stuff. And I'm really excited. Stuff. I'm new as a host, obviously, you guys know. And I, I'm really looking forward to getting to know all of you guys and your work through this new site. So definitely, please put your work up. It's, 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 it's new, and there's only 367 members, only 1,000 items. But already, I am blown away uh, by some of the photos in the group pool. They're just spectacular. So you're doing a, you're doing a great job, everybody. Thank you for... Your contribution and we look forward to seeing more of your images uh nothing to uh, to do except to post your pictures look at that um that's that's like incredible um if you want to uh, enter them for the uh, two little competitions not you know not competitions assignments use the tag flags if it's for flags and use the tag soft light if it's for soft light and do we have a prize do we have something to do no no but next week i think we should next announce. week we'll just announce we'll just honor some of you yes 
Look at we'll all feature this. some of your work so that other people can see all the beautiful yeah, you can stuff get, you're you doing. You can get publicized for what yeah. you're doing. Because we want to honor all the photographers in our in our family here at Twit Photo. Thank you, Catherine Hall. Catherine is at CatherineHall.net. So and next week, I'm very, very, very excited for our guest. Who's that? We Maybe have Zach tell. Arias. Um, for who, for those of you don't who don't know him, he's like he, a superstar. He's a superstar. Yeah, um, does editorial music photography is kind of the main thing he does, but he is a huge educator. Um, does his work? I mean, I follow him on Instagram, and he's always posting beautiful work all the time of any kind of type of photography. So it should be a great, great, great show. We're going to learn about gear. We're going to learn about pictures. We haven't had a music photographer on. We're going to learn about so that's a challenge. Take pictures. And Zach's of, an interesting character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for him, it. and it's the character in itself is worth turning tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say that'll be our first show in the brand new studio. New studio. So uh, we don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> you can watch us as we. Tony's uh, going to nail it. Yeah. Well, it should be very interesting. We're not going to be in this kind of awkward situation that we've been where we're kind of sitting in this big room with our I guests have a bar behind us and a bar and all that. We're going to actually have a much nicer uh, living room set. We'll be very comfortable. I might and fall asleep. I'm not sure if I'll be engaged. It's pretty I'll comfy. I'll be chilling in the chair. It's pretty comfy. <laughs> so we'll this is it. in the chat room to keep me up. Thank you, Catherine, for being here. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, do tune in for our grand opening. Yeah, tell all your friends. Yeah, well, that will be uh, next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Live.twit.tv, 2000 UTC, in the new studio. We go in, we move into that studio on Sunday, the 24th. Our first show will be Twit from uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, if you want to watch on that Sunday. It's exciting. Awesome. Thanks, Catherine. Yay, thank Thanks, you. everybody. Bye, See you next time on Twit Photo.